Hey, we are live. Welcome across all our platforms to Wednesday Night Live. My name is Lindsay, Director of Student Ministries here at the Movement Church. I see you guys on Instagram Live. I see you on Instagram Live. I see y'all on YouTube. I see you on Facebook. Thanks so much for joining us tonight. Hey, it is an honor to be with y'all this evening. Um, Pastor Pat gave me this platform this evening, um, and it's just really exciting to be here with you guys, get to switch it up. Usually on Wednesday nights, I'm hanging with my youth group. Uh, on a normal night, you know, we're in our student ministry's room, but the past couple weeks we've been on our Zoom groups and on our uh, house church teaching, so what's up, Instagram? Um, so I'm just glad to be here with you guys, get to switch it up a little bit. Hey, before we get started, I want to share... Um, I just want to say thank you. I want to say thank you to Pastor Pat and our leadership, man. These guys have been grinding. Like, there is so much going on behind the scenes, guys, that, um, I mean, even myself, to an extent, is unaware of. Like, there's so much going on. And so, Pastor Pat being here on a Sunday, being here on a Wednesday, helping with worship on a Thursday. Um, if you guys are on here, show some love in the comments. Instagram, show some love. Show some love for Pat and our leadership um, for through this time being such pillars and so faithful with the calling that God's put on their life. So thank you guys so much for that. Um, I'd love to know where y'all are from. Where are you guys watching from? Is anybody on here? What's up, Lydia Martinez? Thanks for tuning in. 27 of y'all. Let's go. Let's go. How many we got there? The Instagram's popping. Cool. Let me know where you guys are from. Where are you watching from? Catherine, tuning in from the O. That's where I'm from, too. What's up, Sherry? Where are you from, Sherry? I know where you're from. You're Oceanside. Faithful workers, yes. What's up, Alexis and Andrew? Love y'all. Sweet, man. Hey, a couple quick announcements for you guys. Um, if you've been tuning in, you know we have a resource hotline. Um, anything y'all need at all, we want to know. Uh, give us a call. Phone number is 760-500-4888. 760-500-4888. Let us know what you need. Uh, if you need prayer, if you want to serve, uh, if you have any needs at all. We want to hear from you. And also, if you're tuning in for the first time, do me a favor. Um, text a message to the phone number 94090 and write the text new 111. Text new 111 to 94090. We want to know who you are. Um, it's up on the screen there. Send that text. We want to know if you're new. We'd love to see y'all. So text that number. Let us know. Also, last thing, we have a moderator team. We got a team that literally their job this evening is to be on these uh, platforms and to be fielding any questions you guys have. So I'm going to do my best to share what the Lord's put on my heart for this evening. And then after that, I'm going to take y'all's questions. So um, brain busters, stumpers, whatever y'all got, throw them at me. I'm ready for y'all. Can't promise I have all the answers, but I want to hear your questions. So our moderator team is ready. They're locked and loaded for you guys. Hey, do y'all like scripture? I do. The Bible's awesome. Um, so we're going to be in scripture this evening. I'm going to be in the book of Isaiah. 
Isaiah is an Old Testament book. Um, Isaiah was a prophet, oftentimes speaking very, very difficult things um, to the people of Judah and Israel, um, as well as to false prophets and people who were oppressing Judah and Israel as well. And so we're going to be in the book of Isaiah, um, and the title of what I want to share with you guys tonight is, God is doing a new thing. Wow, earth shattering, right? Like, oh yeah, I remember last year's uh, worldwide pandemic. No, this is a new thing. Y'all know that. We're in newness right now. God's doing a new thing. So the question this evening is, as God does this new thing, are we going to partner with it or are we going to push against it? Like the past was better. The past was better. My plans were better. Are we going to be like that or are we going to partner with what God's doing in this new season? I don't know. You tell me. What's up, Jackie Adams? What's up, Shander Lynch? What's up, Micah, Esai, Iden, Isaac? Love y'all. What's up, Instagram? Okay, we're in Isaiah chapter 42, verses 8 through 9. If you've got a Bible, put your eyes on it. I believe there's power in putting your eyes on the written, breathing, living Word of God. So put your eyes on it. We're on Isaiah chapter 42, verses 8 through 9, and then we'll hop one chapter over, okay? Here's what it says, the Word of God. It says, I am the Lord. That is my name. I will not give my glory to another or my praise to idols. See, the former things have taken place, and a new thing I declare to you. A new thing. That's good. Before that, I'm sorry, before they spring into being, I announce them to you. A new thing I declare to you. Before they spring into being, I announce them to you. Jump over to Isaiah chapter 43, verses 18 to 19. Very, very similar scripture. Here's what it says Forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. Oh, shoot. See, I'm doing a new thing. God's doing a new thing. Will you partner with it? Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? Oh, shoot. (laughs) Homeboy's throwing shade. Do you perceive it? I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. Let me pray for us real quick. Father God, Lord, we love you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for what you spoke through the prophet Isaiah. We thank you that even many, many years, thousands of years later, Lord, your word still endures, that we can take encouragement um, and even rebuke from, from what Isaiah wrote, Lord. Give us ears to hear, eyes to see, and hearts to put these principles into practice this evening, Lord. We love you. We bless and praise your name. Amen. Okay. I'm starting in Isaiah 42. I love this. I love this. God is so cool. He says, he starts out in verse 8. He says, I am the Lord. That is my name. This is so cool to me because God's like, hey, before I say what I'm going to say, I'm just going to mention to you who I am. It's kind of like I'm going to drop my resume on the ground. And before I say what I'm going to say, have a look at my resume. But God doesn't really go off on him. He just says, I am the Lord. And that statement in itself carries a lot of weight, doesn't it? He goes, I am the Lord. That is my name. 
Have any of y'all been watching this uh, MJ documentary, this Michael Jordan documentary, uh, The Last Dance? Drop it in the comments if you have. It's been so good. So, so good. Oh, we got comments. Shoot. It's been so good. I love this documentary. It's been stirring in me like this deep competitiveness. Like I watch Michael Jordan and I'm like, man, I want to be the best at whatever it is that I do. Michael Jordan was so crazy. And I remember in this episode, we watched Stephanie and I, my wife, shout out Steph. We watched it last night and it was a, um, it was, it was these clips of the 1992 dream team. And on the dream team is Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, um, a few other, I mean, like some amazing, all, all all-star pr- players, right? And they're in this practice. And Michael said, Michael later went on to say his favorite part of playing on that Olympic team was the practices. And during this practice, Michael Jordan is losing. They're playing a, a five-on-five game. Michael Jordan's losing. And um, uh, Magic Johnson starts trash-talking him. And um, Michael proceeds to turn it on and, like, destroy them in this practice. And, and these are the best players ever. This would be like if the all-star team had an all-star team. And Michael goes crazy on them. And later they, they get in the bus, and, uh, and Magic Johnson kind of mumbles under his breath, man, well, I guess we shouldn't have messed with the man. And everybody bursts into laughter and and everything's all good after that. But it reminded me of this scripture because it was like MJ, I'm not comparing Michael Jordan to God, you know, but some of you guys who grew up in the 90s or the late 80s, you might think he is. But um, Michael Jordan was like, this is my resume. This is who I am. It speaks for itself. I'm the best there's ever been. I'm the best there ever will be. And so now you're going to suffer because you, because you questioned that. God speaks his resume right off the bat. I am the Lord. That is my name. And because he is the Lord, this is Isaiah 42, verse 8. He says, I will not yield my glory to another or my praise to idols. Guys, this stands true today. He will not yield his glory to anyone or anything else. He won't. He won't look at anything. He will not yield his glory to anyone or anything else. See, the former things have taken place. He acknowledges it. Things have gone down. Crap has gone down. COVID-19 happened. The former things have taken place, but new things, I declare, before they spring into being, I announce them to you. Now, like I said, this scripture was written many, many years ago, and it was written to the people of Israel as encouragement to them that God was going to rescue them from oppression. I believe the oppression here is Babylonian oppression, but I believe we can gain encouragement for it today that God is doing a new thing among us. He wants to do new things. Uh, Let's jump to Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. It says, forget the former things. Don't dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Once again, one chapter later, he's doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. I want to focus real quick on that little little line right there. It says, do you not perceive it? I believe for myself and, and potentially for many of you guys watching, some of us may not perceive the new thing God is doing. And I believe that part of the reason, there's a couple of reasons why that might be. 
I believe one of the reasons is we romanticize the past. We romanticize the way things were. Like, oh man, things were so great back then on March 13th, <laughs> a couple months ago. Things were so great back then. Like this, 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 this was happening. Things were awesome. Chances are though, in those times, we still had things we weren't content with. We still had things we were complaining about. Now God's doing a new thing, and we are not going to perceive that new thing if our eyes are fixed on the past, if we're romanticizing the past. I know for myself, I've done that before. Oh man, when I used to live in Hawaii, or when I used to live in North Carolina, or Michigan, or Wyoming, man, those were the days I had da-da-da-da-da. No. It says forget the former things. Don't forget God's goodness in it. Don't get me wrong. Don't forget God's goodness in it, but forget those former things. God is doing a new thing. It says, don't dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Second thing, don't idolize the future. Like if we're constantly, our eyes are like a hundred miles ahead, we're going to miss the new thing God is doing right here, right now. We're not going to see the new thing God's doing if we're romanticizing the past. We're not going to see it if we're idolizing the future. And so the phrase I got for you guys this evening is partner with the present. Y'all hear that Instagram? Thanks, Becca. Y'all hear that? Partner with the present. God's doing something right now in the present. Where are you? Are you in the present right now or are you romanticizing the past? Are you in the present right now, or are you idolizing the future? God wants to do something in the present right now, and you have the opportunity to either partner with it or to push against it. Either way, it's going to happen, but it's going to be a lot better for you and for your community and for your family and for your friends and for your relationships if you'll partner with it. Don't miss the new thing God's doing. Partner with it. I know some of y'all heard that. Can I get an amen? Thank you, Audrey. Thank you, Alexis. Y'all are awesome. Yes! Show some love in the building. Give me your favorite emoji on there. Preach it! I dig it. Let's go. Okay, so we got to partner with the present. That's the only way. Forget the past. Okay, so I got for you guys two reactions that I believe we can have to the new thing that God is doing in our lives. It says right here, he's doing a new thing. It's very, very clear he's doing a new thing. Will we partner with it? Here's two reactions we can have. One, we can have fear of the unknown, or we can have, I'm going to shatter your world right here, joy in the unknown. We can have fear or we can have joy. And I believe whichever one you're having right now, this is heavy, whichever one you're having right now, that indicates where your hope is. If you're having fear, your hope might not be fully in Jesus. If you're having joy right now, your anchor might fully be in Jesus. If we have fear or if we have hope. Let's dive into both of them. First, let's look at fear. Fear of the unknown. It was four years ago. No, five. 
Um, youth kids, I'm sorry. I've told this story before. Youth, I'm sorry. You're going to hear a repeat story. Family out there, you probably haven't heard it. I was living in Hawaii, right? Um, I got offered a job to coach collegiate basketball in the, si- in the state of Wyoming, right? I move out to Wyoming. I move my whole life. I buy a truck out there. I get an apartment out there. I start this job. I commit to it. In my mind, I'm like, okay, two, three years here as an assistant coach, I might be a head coach one day, yada, yada, yada. After only like six months, that opportunity came to, uh, more like a year, but that opportunity came screeching to a halt. And now it's Christmas time. I'm no longer employed by this university, this college. I have uprooted my life to be there and I'm like, whoa, Lord, I got to be off. I got to be out of this apartment in three days. You're going to have to move mightily on my behalf because I am not about to drive from Wyoming back to North Carolina, where I grew up, by the way. Shout out East Coasters. I'm not about to drive from Wyoming back to North Carolina with all my stuff, like with my tail between my legs, like, oh, that was fun. <laughs> I'm not about to do it. So I'm like, God, you really got to act mightily on my behalf. And the vision God gave me in that morning or, in, or on that day was this vision of like a kid on Christmas morning. God bless you guys. I, I'm sorry if uh, you didn't have hope and expectancy on Christmas morning. I know some of us have really traumatic events tied up with Christmas morning, but I'm going to speak for myself I had a wonderful family. My parents are still alive and still married. Praise God. Shout out mom and dad. But on Christmas morning, I was really expectant, right? I didn't expect under the tree to be empty. I expected there to be a gift for me. I expected to spend time with my family or to have breakfast with them or to build, to make memories around that time. God gave me this vision and he said, if that's how your earthly parents treated you on Christmas morning, how much more do you think I'm going to take care of you? And he said, you can be fearful in this moment or you can be joyful in this moment. And right then my paradigm shifted. Instead of saying, oh, I'm so scared about what might not happen. I said, God, I trust you so much. I'm so excited about what you're going to do. And so instead of Um, anxiety, it turned into expectancy. Instead of fear, it turned into joy. We're not designed to function in fear of the unknown. I'll say that again. We are not supposed to function within fear of the unknown. Don't believe me? Let's look at first or second Timothy chapter one, verse seven. It says, God has not given us a spirit of fear. Y'all hear that? (laughs) God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Do you guys think a fearful mind is a sound mind? Spoiler, it's not. (laughs) He gave us the spirit of power, love, and of a sound mind. And so, rewind, I find myself in Wyoming right after Christmas, and I just start praying, God, what are you going to do? Within a week, I have a job offer and a house in Carlsbad, California. Within a week. Like, the type of stuff I can only attribute to God. 
I don't have time to tell the whole story, but he just drops these blessings in my lap. Three months later, I meet my wife. Four months later, I find the Movement Church. Five months later, I start my own business. A year later, I'm employed by the Movement Church. Four years later, I'm sitting here in front of you guys. Guys, God works in absolutely incredible ways when you let him. He wants to do new things in your life. Don't succumb to the fear. Have joy of the unknown. Partner with the present. Don't idolize the future. Don't romanticize the past. Partner with the present. What's he doing right now? He wants to do something new. We're not going to be fearful of it. We're done with fear. We're putting it off. He didn't give us a spirit of fear. He gave us one of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Somebody say amen. Welcome, Johnson family. What's up, Mama? What's up, Dad? Love y'all. What's up, IG? God is good. That's right. Let's see where my YouTube people at. Thank you, Lydia. Thanks, Steph. Let's go. <laughs> okay, cool. So we talked about fear of the unknown. Let's talk about joy of the unknown. Y'all ever heard of uh, FOMO? Fear of missing out? Y'all have heard of FOMO. I think I've suffered from a mild case of it before, but praise God I've been cured by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now we have JOMO. That's joy of missing out because if it ain't what God has for me, I don't want it. I got JOMO. <laughs> What up, IG? I got Jomo. So, joy of the unknown. Like I said, where you find yourself in the new things indicates where your hope is. Do you have fear? If you have fear, your hope might be in comfort. Somebody write that down. Break out the old pen and paper. Schedule the tattoo appointment. Write it down somewhere. If you have fear in the new things, you might be putting your hope in comfort. If you have joy in the new things, then your hope might be in God. Praise God if you're there. I hope you're there. Let's find joy in the new things. Let's find joy in the new things. So when God says, see, I am doing a new thing, now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? You're like, a new th are you kidding me? A new thing? Like, I've got joy in that. I'm like a puppy who's been given a new toy. I have joy in that because I know God's going to take care of me. Don't believe me? Let's prove it. Scripture, baby. Romans 8, verse 28. It says, we know. We know it. Like on a soul level, we know it. We know that God works all things for the good. Someone say good. Good of those who love God and who are called according to his purposes. If you fall into that category, drop some sort of emoji. Drop some sort of emoji in the comments. If you love God and you feel like you're called according to his purposes, drop something. I want to know who you are because that means you're my brother or sister in Christ. What up, sis? What up, bro? We know that all things work for the good of those who love God 
That's me. That's you. And who are called according to his purposes. That's me. That's you. Here's, the, here's kind of the picture that I get. Okay, I'm going to try to share this with you. When God was in the garden, that's Genesis 1.1. Check it out. Poetic, beautiful. God was in the garden. Genesis 1.1. It says, he created all things, the heaven, the earth, aardvarks, flamingos, daffodils, you, me, everything. He created everything in the garden, and he called it? He called it good. He called it good. So God created all things, and he created all things to be good. Now then, if you haven't read Genesis, spoiler alert, we come on the scene, the crown jewel of, human, of, crown jewel of creation, this humanity, and we sin. We blow it. We mess up. We invent ways to sin. We created murder. We created infidelity. We created stealing, rape, slavery, addiction. We created these things, didn't we? God said he created all things and called them good. We created the sinful things, didn't we? So that means to me, my, my understanding of that scripture, I'm sure there's some theologians who, who might disagree. This is my understanding of scripture. Um, God created all good things, right? But there is evil in the world as a result of our sin. So all good things come out of his hand. All the good things you know of, they came out of his hand. Bad things, evil, doesn't come out of his hand. But in the life of the believer, although there's evil things, all of those things have to pass through his hand. Follow me. Not everything came out of his hand. Did murder, infidelity, did these things come out of his hand? They didn't. We invented them. But with, in the life of the believer, those things pass through his hand. And everything that passes through his hand is worked for your good and for his glory. Not everything is good, but in the life of the believer, everything passes through the ultimate hand of goodness. And because of that, all things are worked for your good and for his glory. Romans 8, 28, we know that all things work for the good of those who love God and who are called according to his purposes. Joy in the unknown. If we believe that all things work for the good of those who love God and who are called according to his purposes, and we believe that not all, although not all things are good, all things for the life of the believer pass through his hand, and because of that they get worked for good, then it doesn't matter what's happening in your life or in the world. You believe and have joy that it's going to be worked for your good and for his Glory. And that, my friends, is good news. Thank you. Someone's in the building. That is good news, guys. We got it. Okay, the emojis. Thanks, Andrew, with the avocado. Let's go. Let's go. Where's my Facebook people at? Okay. Yes. Okay, so all things work for the good of those who love God and who are called according to his purposes. Guys, God has good things for you. I want to read a scripture for you guys. Take a breather if you need it. 
I'm throwing the word at you tonight. Come on. Okay, I'm in Matthew chapter 7, verse 11. 7-11. What does it mean? Okay, check this out. Which one of you, if a son asks for a bread, will give him a stone instead? <laughs> or if he asks you for a fish, will give him a snake? I believe that snakes are the devil personified. They're the worst thing ever. I don't know why they're created. So that is just awful. If, you, if I ask you for a fish and you give me a snake, we're not friends. Verse 11, if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? He is dying. <laughs> well, he literally died. He, but he is dying to give you guys, to give me the goodness of all of his heavenly riches, guys. He has good things for us. We just read in Romans, he works all things for our good. He has good things for us. It says that he delights to give good gifts to his children. If you ask him for blank, he ain't going to give you a snake instead. He's got good things for you. In fact, it says in the word that no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no heart can fully know the beauty and the goodness and the glory of the things that are going to be revealed in and through us. He's got good things for you. When you believe that, when you believe he's not going to answer your prayers with a snake or with a rock, when you believe that he works all things for your good and for his glory, when all things work for the good of those who love God and who are called according to his purposes, when you believe that, you can have joy in the face of the unknown. You don't have to have fear anymore. God did not give you a spirit of fear, but of love, of discipline, and of a sound mind, of love and a power, and of a sound mind. I'm getting my translations mixed up. Love, power, sound mind. That's the spirit he gave us. We do not have to succumb to the fear of the unknown. We get to partner with the present and take up joy in the unknown. God's doing a new thing. Will you partner with it? Y'all better. That Bible has some miles on it. Shout out, Dad. Shout out to my pops. This was his Bible. I don't know if you can see this, Dad. That's your signature. You probably can't see it. Shout out to pops. It's got some miles on it. It's a good word right there. Okay. I'm going to share with you guys what I believe to be the solution. If you're living in fear, what I believe to be the solution and an encouragement slash exhortation for those of us who are living in joy right now. Let's get even better. Let's be like MJ. The enemy's trying to talk trash right now. COVID-19 is trying to talk trash. What are you going to do? You going to roll over? Or are you going to go full MJ on them? I don't know. You tell me. Okay, here's what it is. When I lived in Michigan, I shared this with the youth group last week, a couple weeks ago. It's a saying in the youth group now. When I lived in Michigan, um, guys used to say, off top, O-F-F-T-O-P, off top. Basically, that means like 
of course, or um, certainly, or naturally, if you say that type of thing. Um, do you want to go get some food? Oh, off top. Do you want to go surf tomorrow? Oh, off top. Do you want to stay home for, for two months because of a quarantine? Off top, I guess. Off top. So, but I, the way I'm going to use it for you guys this evening is an acronym. T-O-P. T-O-P. That's how you spell top for my scholars out there. Off top. That's my analogy for you guys, or my acronym for you guys. Okay. Off top is the way we're going to remedy fear of the unknown. T stands for trust. O stands for obedience. P stands for patience. January 1st, 2020, God spoke this word to me. He said, you are going to build your life in 2020 off top. And you are going to lead people in building their life off top, off of trust, off of obedience, and off of patience. Trusting that God is good. Trusting that he works all things for the good of those who love him and who are called according to his purposes. Trusting that no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no heart can fully know the goodness that he wants to reveal in us. Trusting that when we ask for providence, he's not going to give us a snake or a rock instead. Trusting him. Being obedient to him. I believe that obedience produces miracles in your life. When you are obedient to what God is asking of you, it produces miraculous things in your life. But you're not going to be obedient to something you don't trust, are you? You're probably not. Unless there's severe consequences on the other side of it, you're probably not. We got to be trusting. We got to be obedient. And the last one, and I'll tell you, this is tough for me, man, but we got to be patient. We got to be trusting, we got to be obedient, and we got to be patient. And the thing about it is, it only works when all three of those are in line. Off toe doesn't work. Off op doesn't work. Off po doesn't work. Off TP doesn't work. Y'all know TP ain't working right now. Off TP doesn't work. It only, only off top works. When you build your life on trusting God, on being obedient to God, and on being patient with God, that's when it works. It's the combination of all of them. Guys, we got to build our life on this word, on this word right here. We got to build our life on it. Only when you build your life on this will you be able to trust God. Only when you trust God will you be obedient to God. And only when you're obedient to God will you be patient for the result that he wants to bring about in you. He's doing a new thing. We can be fearful of it, or we can be joyful in it. We can romanticize the past, or we can idolize the future, or we can be partners with the present. He's doing a new thing. Do you perceive it? Will you open your eyes? Will you open your life? Will you open your heart to perceive the new thing that he is doing right now. He's doing it. I can't, I can't forecast it for everybody. I know new things he's doing in my life. What is he doing in your life? We got to take it off top. Trust, obedience, and patience. That's where it's at. 
Okay, I have some really quick, I got two questions for you guys. Youth group, if you're on here, these are your questions. I'm going to go ahead and drop these to the youth group right now, actually. The beauty of technology. Okay. Um, here's my questions for you guys. If y'all are note takers, write them down. If you're not a note taker, you should become a note taker. And then write it down. What is the new thing God is doing? Shocker. <laughs> Shocker. What's the new thing God is doing in your life? And how can you partner with it? What is the new thing God is doing in your life? And how can you partner with it? How can we partner with it? Second question I'd love for you guys to ask yourself is, what is a former thing? Like we read in the scripture, it said, forget the former things. Don't dwell on the past. What is a former thing that we can put off? What's a former thing that we can forget about? And what's a new thing that we can take up instead? If we're putting on new things, we got to take off the old. If we're taking off the old, we got to put on the new. What's a former thing we can put off and what's a new thing that we can take up instead? Guys, I'm sweating. That was a good word. I don't know about y'all. I'm stoked on it. I feel pretty good. God's doing a new thing in your life. I want to be joyful in it. I want to be joyful in it, man. The Bible says a cheerful heart is good medicine. I'm taking the best medicine. They say the joy of the Lord is our strength. I'm hitting the weight room. We're taking up joy in the unknown, believing that God is good. Let's take some questions. What do y'all got? Let me see. What questions do y'all have? Got a lot of them. Let me sift through these. Hmm. What is something we can do to be more present? I love that. I believe living in the present moment is probably the most important thing we can do. And, and don't get me wrong, I'm a planner. Like, I plan for the future. I'm a list guy. I'm a plan guy. I'm a one, three, five, ten year plan guy. But living in the present is where we're going to see what God is actually doing. It, it says in the Bible that God's word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Notice that it doesn't say his word is flood beams 500 yards ahead to our path. He says it's a lamp to our feet, meaning it might just be the next couple steps that are illuminated to you. Partnering with the present, being present, looks like engaging with whatever God is doing today. And how are you going to know what he's doing today if you don't spend time with him? How can I say I am partnering with my wife in what she's doing in her career in her walk with the Lord, in, in her hobbies, in her fill-in-the-blank, if I don't spend any time with her. I would never know. 
partnering with God in the present looks like spending time at his feet in his presence. Whoa, hold up. That was off the dome, off the Richter. Partnering with God in the present means getting at his feet in his presence. You want to partner with God in the present? Spend time in his presence daily. And that's not, guys, this is something I'm learning. This is, this is fresh revelation for me. Partner, being with God, like being in God's presence, I spend an hour with God every morning. If I miss it, I feel like, uh, I, feel like I didn't sleep the night before, or I feel like I didn't have a cup of coffee, or I've been fasting for a couple of days. It genuinely hits me quick. I'm not just saying that because it's my job. Like, I genuinely mean that. But this fresh revelation I'm having is that partnering with him and, and being in his presence, it's not just that hour in the morning. It's every moment of every day. He wants to be with us in these intricate, minute moments of our lives. He so deeply and intimately cares about each and every one of you guys in your moment-to-moment life. I find myself asking God, like, hey, God, what route should I take when I'm driving? Hey, God, should I, should I answer that phone call when I'm feeling a little stressed? Hey, God, should I prioritize this work project or that work project? Should I call this friend or that friend? Should I fill in the blank? I find myself, and, and believe me, not perfectly. There are days where I completely forget about his presence, but I find myself asking him these things like, God, I want to be in your presence every moment of every day. And all that looks like, guys, is just talking to him. It's practicing his presence. It takes work. Just like any relationship, it takes work. You guys aren't going to be able to walk into my life and pick up all of my relationships where I left them off because you haven't worked at my relationships like I have. We have to have individual, unique relationships with God. And when we seek after those every single day, when we are in his presence every single day, what he wants to do today becomes really, really obvious because you're asking him. I hope that answered that question. What do I feel the new thing is that he is doing with the body of Christ? That's a good one. What do I feel the new thing is God is doing with the body of Christ? Guys, I think, um, I think it's different for everybody, but I think collectively as a body of Christ, we see it in the scripture right here. Check it out. This is Isaiah 42, verse 8. It says, I will not yield my glory to another or my praises to idols. I think that we as Christians, that we as God's body of Christ, our attention and our heart has been captivated at times by lesser things, by lesser gods even at times by people up on the platform at church. Our hearts are being captivated by the person or the worship leader or the blank, the leader, whatever. God is saying that he won't yield his glory to anyone else. That we each are workers, like we're on God's team and we are players on his team. We're workers on his team but we have to point all glory back to God. We have to appoint all attention back to God. And if we don't, we're missing the point. He won't yield his glory to anyone else. He won't, li- he won't allow his praise to go to idols. So I think the new thing that he's doing right now 
in, in my life and in our collective body of believers, I believe he is returning our hearts back to our first love, back to him. And for those of us who God isn't our first love, we fell in love with a pastor or a worship leader or whatever. He's like, I got to be your first love because humans are going to fail you. If we put our hope in humans, our hope is going to fail us. But when we put our hope in God, we can have joy in the unknown. When we put our hope in God and partner with what he's doing, it's a whole different story. And so that's, that's, a, that's one of the things I believe. There's, I'm sure there's many. I'm sure it looks different in your lives individually, but collectively as a body of believers, I believe that he is returning us back to our first love. He is reminding us that he has to be our first love and that he will not yield his glory to anyone else. I'm going to take one more, okay? Yes, that's good. How can we as Christians practically demonstrate hope to non-believers in this difficult time? That's a, I'm a little scared to answer that one, guys, because I think, <laughs> I think there are some of us, even as believers, who are succumbing to fear. I think there is. I, I think we're succumbing to fear, and we're not necessarily demonstrating hope to non-believers. So I think first, we got to get our hope right. We got to find our joy in the unknown first. So first of all, it kind of it um, reverts back to that first point that we, we have to be in his presence daily. We have to be in his presence every moment of every day. And then if we can do that, then we are going to have hope. So let's assume we all have hope. Everyone watching this call, you're in Christ, you have hope. Awesome. How can you be that to your neighbors? I think it's very simple, but it's also spiritual. Let's go with simple first. It's simple in that you can just act like you're not like, <laughs> you can act like your world is not completely crumbling. We can walk around with a smile on our face. We can ask our neighbors if they have needs, even though we ourselves have needs. We can, we can carry joy in our neighborhoods. We can, like the other day, a, a neighbor came up to me, and um, I missed this opportunity. Straight up, I want to share with you guys, I missed this opportunity. But he was, he was telling me that uh, he lives up on the hill, and there was like an ocean mist coming off. I live in Oceanside. And he said, it was a Monday, and he said, man, all those dummies at the beach, you know, we're just breathing all their, um, all their uh, bacteria right now. You know, this virus... It uh, lives in moisture, and I'm like, man, dude, it's been like 24 hours, <laughs> and you live two miles from the beach. <laughs> that virus is not living in that moisture particle that you're breathing. I didn't share the hope of Jesus in that moment. Instead, I was just like, whoa, I don't even know where to begin. But um, we can be hope in situations like that. We can share that we can share what we choose to put our hope in, and that's in Jesus. Um, the second and the more spiritual one, I, I believe, is as we practice God's presence, as we spend time in his presence, 
on our feet, I'm sorry, on our knees at his feet, we can, I'm sorry, we will begin demonstrating more and more the fruits of the Spirit. That's love. We'll love our neighbors. That's joy, like we've been talking about. Even in the unknown, we'll have joy. Love, joy. We'll have peace, even amidst the storm. Jesus promises that we're going to have storms in our life, but he said he'll give us peace even in the storm. Love, joy, peace. We'll have patience with one another. Off top, we'll be trusting, obedient, and patient. Love, joy, peace, patience. We'll be kind. We'll be good to one another. We'll be gentle. We'll have self-control. I think these are the things that we can do to be hope within our neighborhoods and within our communities of non-believers. So we can really, really practically, we can smile, we can be joyful, we can be kind, we can be nice to people, we can act like um, we have hope. Um, And then secondly, we can demonstrate the fruit of the Spirit, and those only come with being in God's presence. Guys, that's all I got for y'all. This has been so much fun for me personally. Um, I've really enjoyed talking to this camera in an empty room. Shout out to Becca, Becca and Jake, um, the, the homies over there. They've been, they've been running the cameras, running everything, uh, making sure I was taken care of tonight. So thank you so much for letting me give this message to you guys. Remember, let's find joy in the unknown. Let's believe that God is good. He works all things for your good and for his glory. We got to be trusting. We got to be obedient. We got to be patient. Joy in the unknown. That's off top. Partner with what God's doing in the present right now. That's all I got for y'all. I love y'all so much. Any questions at all, drop them in the comments. Uh, They'll get forwarded to me. I'll do my best to answer them uh, on the back end. But love y'all so much. Wednesday Night Live. Peace. Peace.